Alrighty, so I'm here with my friend Adam Carolla because I have a big announcement to make. Adam Carolla's production company and The Daily Wire are actually teaming up to produce six comedy specials. They are going to be awesome. We have two shows on sale right now at the Brea Improv in Orange County, California for the taping with special guest stars Rob Riggle and Jay Leno. It's going to be awesome. In fact, we have a preview of what exactly that will look like. Uh, airports. Airports. Yeah. These support dogs are weak. This is insane. I was at LAX. I saw poop on the ground. Yeah. I saw poop further down. Like what Hansel and Gretel did with like popcorn. Like we'll find our <laughs> way back to grandma's house. Well, you can go check that out. Tickets are available right now at adamcarolla.com. Adam, really excited about this. I so. love it. It, it is awesome. So let's talk about sort of what happened to comedy that you have now been relegated to working with Daily Wire. <laughs> yeah. Sad uh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's really interesting. And, you know, comedians in the past were sort of untouchable. They were considered sort of truth tellers, you know, bellwethers. Like, and all of a sudden, they're coming after the comedians, which is a weird, like... I understand you got to go after the politicians or you have to go after the, you know, principals at the school or maybe even the commercial airline pilots or something. But comedians, you know, people who are just speaking and there to kind of agitate and titillate and not play it safe. And we're trying to get them into some sort of all woke, no joke tent and discipline them. That's scary. Like when, when you sit back and you look at this chapter of our society, when you get to the comedians, you've got to everybody. Right. So you've, <laughs> you get to the comedians last. That means you got to the teachers and the faculty and the garbage men and everyone else. And comedians are last, and they're now trying to get them into the tent. I mean, it is a symptom of, of almost a dictatorial mindset, right? Democracies tend to deal pretty well with people joking, but dictators really don't, right? You, you make right. jokes about the dictator and a dictatorship, and, and they string you up. Right. And, and it feels like culturally that is sort of the direction that we've been moving. Obviously, we've all been watching the latest controversy surrounding Dave Chappelle, who uh, it seems like it's kind of every other comedy special he does. So a couple ones ago, he made some jokes, and then everybody was like, Sticks and Stones is a very bad comedy special. You should absolutely not watch it. And then he did a comedy special about George Floyd, and that was the best thing that ever was right. because it's about George Floyd. And then he did another comedy special where he made some jokes about trans folks, and, uh, and that, of course, is now very bad. And you see the gap between the audience, which loves this comedy special, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, and then the critics, 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. And then you see the flip side of that with Hannah Gadsby, who has redefined comedy to mean not laughing at anything ever and yeah. actually being less funny somehow than both Samantha Bee and Pol Pot. And, and yet the critics give that like a 96% and the audience is like a 30%. It seems like they're just pretending that comedy means not being funny but saying things that the left agrees with at this point. If you're looking for like a critics and audience chasm, look no further than the Fauci doc, <laughs> which is literally 94%, 91% or something, and then 4% put to people. <laughs> that so far is probably one of the bigger chasms out there. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre sort of new world order where we're trying to police comedians. It doesn't make sense to me. My feeling is, is I, I've said for a million years, because people will say to me, hey, don't talk about this or stop talking about that. And I'll go, then I have to get out of comedy. That's, 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 I, I took a, it's my like fiduciary duty 
to say what I'm thinking and not modify it or bend it or even think about how it's going to be digested or absorbed by those who may be detractors. Like it's really, I would say to people, I'll go back to being a carpenter if I can't say what I want to say. And I've had people like say a lot, like, well, just don't talk. You know, why are you doing this? And I go, because I'm a comedian. I say whatever I want. And they go, yeah, but it'd be better. And I go, of course it would be better. <laughs> sure, it'd be better. But, I, you know, I'd be on HBO instead of The Daily Wire. But you guys, by the way, and I will, I will circle back to you. I, it, there's a, at a certain point, it comes down to sort of just dignity, just a sort of basic dignity. I want to be on record and I've, I've said, like someone said to me, stop complaining about the mask. And I said, no, I'm not going to stop complaining about wearing masks for no reason, because when we go ahead in, into the future and we look back on this chapter and we realize you guys were all sheep, lemmings, and wrong, I want to be on record as saying I was not down with this. I don't care if we're doing it. I just want to be on record that I'm not signing up for this. I think it's really fascinating how for the left, their constant proclamation is that they're the victimized of society, and that's why people according comedy have to be silenced, right? You're threatening the victimized of society. But the power centers of society are all on the side of the supposedly victimized. Right. right? It, it, the, the people who are losing their careers or who are being shuffled off the comedy coil, uh, all those people are the people who cross the supposed victims. And the people in charge of the institutions are, are the people who actually are cramming this stuff down and declaring what comedy is good and what comedy is bad. Like when I was growing up, the typical story about the right is that the right was humorless. We were all John Lithgow from Footloose, right, trying to stop the kids from dancing. And now it's the left that has completely lost the thread when it comes to comedy. You're not allowed to tell jokes. I think that speaks to where the actual power centers in society are right now. And it's precisely the reverse of what you hear from the left. Yeah, but it's nice that there is a sort of burgeoning right comedic sort of Gutfeld and other outlets like your own where, you know, it's like, I've always said like, how many Mexican food restaurants can you have on one street before someone opens an Italian joint? You know, you know what I mean? Like why another, you know, like I never get it. It's that way with late night. It's that way with stand up. It's like another, another, another sort of liberal comedic voice. Do we need another one of those? And I do think it's, it's swinging back. I, I do feel like they've been clamping down so hard and for so long that you're, you're getting, it's sort of like the Southwest pilot thing. It's like they're starting, you are creating essentially this coup or comedic coup or, or again, you know, I've been podcasting for coming up on 13 years. If you check the iTunes charts five, eight years ago, you may have been the only conservative voice on the charts. It was literally all NPR and liberal this and liberal comedians and, and everything else. You look now and there's 10 in the top 50. That's a big shift. It formerly never existed. And why do those exist? Well, because they've been pushing so hard that it almost has to. It's, 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 it's an element of like, if you have a 16-year-old girl and she has a stepdad and the stepdad is reasonable and says like your curfew, curfew be midnight on, on weekends, then she'll comply with that. If he says 8 p.m. on Saturdays, she's climbing out the window. She's sneaking out the window and she's getting into the dude with the El Camino's car and they're going to the park. Like that's, <laughs> that's how it works. And so I feel like 
if people are a little more reasonable, we wouldn't have to sneak out the window. But now it's kind of on. Yeah, you're right that, that there is this, this unbelievable, almost solid homogeneity when it comes to comedy. I, I saw it the other night. It, it, it was amazing. Maybe the least funny thing that I've ever seen was this pitch for the night of climate comedy. Did you see this? Every single late night host, all of them, they, they were all in this ad together. Now they're friends. They're not competitors anymore. Now they're, now they're all on different networks on the same night talking oh, about right. climate change, yeah. which is just ex- riveting stuff. Like when I think comedy, I think about people on the left lecturing me about my use of a car. That's like, that's right. the height of comedy to me. Uh, and, and it does open up some, some gaps here. So, Adam, you were talking about, you know, the necessity for telling truth in comedy. Obviously, speaking of people who went and, and forewent, uh, I would say career opportunities to just make the joke. Top of that list is Norm MacDonald, who sadly passed away. And I think it's everybody in this office's favorite comedian uh, or was their favorite comedian. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what your relationship was with Norm MacDonald, what you thought of his comedy, but... Uh, we were friends, and uh, I loved his comedy. Everyone loved his comedy. And I've had him on my radio show and podcast many times, and we just free-formed, and it was so good. because you. I, and I, by the way, I, I don't like speaking about myself in these kind of glowing terms, but uh, Norm, Norm and I were the same in that we were like musicians who couldn't read music, so we weren't very technical at all, but when we got together, we could jam. And it's because nobody was turning sheets. Like we were mm-hmm. literally just jamming with one another. He could play his instrument, I could play mine, but we had no formal training. And it just was beautiful sort of music when he came in and we started flowing comedically. And, you know, we were talking about his career. It's kind of interesting because when he passed, I said on my podcast, Norm never had the career that we all wanted for him he was probably having the career that he wanted, you know, and it's kind of interesting because we sit around and go, this guy could be doing this and could be doing that, but we never really consider that maybe they don't want to do it. Maybe they make a nice living. Maybe they want some downtime. Maybe they're into other things. You know, Norm was into a lot of different, a lot of different hobbies and subjects and things like that. Like it is weird that we kind of graft our, this guy had the ability you know, we kind of treat them like athletes in the sense, like comedians, like this guy was Bo Jackson. He should have been a two-sporter. He should have been a Hall of, and, and he disappointed us. because. And it's like, yeah, but what if he didn't want to play? Like, and that was kind of Norm. Norm wanted to do what he wanted to do, which is also kind of why we love him, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the famous story about him in SNL, of course, is that he refused to stop making O.J. Simpson jokes because and, and lost his job over that, which is, Unbelievable, by the way. I mean, first of all, it demonstrates how far back the sort of willingness to quash jokes on behalf of PC goes. Right. Um, but that, that's, a, that, that's a move that takes stones. To, to, I mean, it's the biggest comedy show in America. And basically say, listen, I'm making OJ jokes whether you like it or not. is pretty spectacular. Well, I think he understood he was good. And that good is kind of a golden parachute. You know, like when you're really good, you know, it could be comedically, but it could also be welding. You know what I mean? Like you're a really good welder and your foreman's up your ass. You can tell them to go buzz off, you know, because you will find work. Like that's what Norm did. Like Norm was never out of work, you know? And again, what we want for him is to be on SNL for a thousand years. You know, what he wants is to tell OJ jokes. I I will admit that he, he passed away, I believe the day 
before Yom Kippur. And uh, the Yom Kippur services started, and I'd been watching a bunch of old Norm MacDonald videos. And as the rabbi began to speak, I started remembering Norm MacDonald punchlines, and it really went poorly for me <laughs> that Yom Kippur evening, because the rabbi was standing maybe 15 feet in front of me, and I was just struggling not to hysterically laugh in the middle of the most solemn day of the year. So that's going to be uh, my Norm MacDonald <laughs> memory going forward. Yeah, I had a lot of good times with Norm. And, and also, he was one of the guys that people mistook us for each other. So it was funny. When he did die, everyone's like, oh, Adam, you guys were so close. And we were friends, but it was more that everyone sort of got us mixed up all the time, which I'll take as a compliment. Now I'm back to Gilbert Godfrey. By the way. <laughs> so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot and I'm going to throw a word at you and ask you to do something on it. Because, oh, really? Uh, yeah, right. why not? Let's I mean, we're it. here. Okay, wildfires, since you're in California. Well, first off, I wasn't in the gifted program at Walter Reed Junior High as you were. Is that two words or one word? We'll, we'll treat it as one word for purposes of this conversation. I'll, look, I'll Google it uh, afterward. Uh, wildfires. Uh, well, you were talking about Newsom, and you were talking about uh, not managing the forest. And not managing the forest is really essentially like being a porn star, not managing the crotch area. It's not good for business. That's all I got. <laughs> well, that's all I've got. You need to go over to Daily Wire right now. Again, we have formed a partnership with Adam Carolla's production company, and we are producing six comedy specials. It's going to be awesome. The two shows on sale right now at the Brea Improv in Orange County, California, with special guest stars Rob Riggle and Jay Leno. The tickets are available at adamcarolla.com. Go check it out right now. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Let's say you were a stormtrooper and you were enjoying a nice meal of roasted Ewok in the Death Star mess hall. Well, all of a sudden you hear the voice of Alec Guinness saying, use the force, Luke. The next thing you know, the entire place is going up in flames around you. And it's at this moment you really wished you had life insurance. Make life insurance part of your financial planning this year. Start shopping right now with Policy Genius. Find the right policy and protect your family. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. Luckily, Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies and their team of licensed experts. Well, they're on hand to help talk you through it. No added fees. Your personal information remains private. It's super satisfying to check life insurance off that to-do list. A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, God forbid, your family will be able to cover mortgage payments, college costs, or other expenses. Life insurance through your workplace might not offer enough protection for your family's needs. It's not going to follow you if you leave your job. Head on over to policygenius.com right now. Save time and money. Give your family a financial safety net with Policy Genius. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click that link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. 